Hello and welcome to episode six of the Modern Agile Show. This show is going to be about the principle, make people awesome. But I'm gonna start off talking about teams. How do you make teams awesome? One of the things I encountered quite a bit out there in the field are teams that aren't very awesome. Here's what I just heard from a client the other day. They have a front-end team, a bunch of front-end developers. That group basically does an agile process, if you will, traditional agile, old-fashioned stuff in my book. They've got a backlog, they do sprints, and the problem is they can't ship anything. They can't deliver value continuously to production because they do their work and then they have to basically send requests to other teams, middleware team, backend database team, to do some work. And those requests end up on a backlog. And when those teams finally get around to those backlog items, a long time has passed. So you end up spending nine months to actually deliver something. Folks, this isn't really good. It's not modern agile, that's for sure. It's not a delivering value continuously. It's not making anyone awesome. And you're really not even agile. You might be thinking you're doing an agile process in each one of those teams, but that's not real agile, right? So how do you make teams awesome? And how do you make the people in those teams awesome? You'll work with a cross-functional team. You get some of the front-end developers, some of the middleware people, some of the back-end folks. You get product people involved. You get legal staff if they need to be involved doing patent searches or whatever is necessary. Maybe you get some operations folks. You get a cross-functional team that is ready to kick butt, that can work together and deliver value continuously and work towards making people awesome, especially the end user. I'm sorry folks, but if you're, if you're in these sort of, I call them horizontal slices, the front end, the middleware, the back end, if you're working in an agile process just in those horizontal layers, you're what I call horizontally hobbled. You're hobbled. You're not able to work fast and efficiently. You're not able to move stuff from idea all the way into production into the customer's hands rapidly. So restructure yourselves if you're horizontally hobbled, okay? End of my little discussion about that. Now, to stick with our theme, I wanna tell another story. This one comes from this book here, Creativity Inc. Okay, it's, one, it's, it's written by Ed Catmull, and he runs Pixar. Pixar is actually that way, not too far. I could walk to Pixar from my office here in Berkeley. It's pretty cool. Um, we're gonna be looking at this book quite a bit, but today I'm just gonna start at the beginning with a story. Before I start reading it, I'm gonna give you a little bit of background. So Steve Jobs loved this one designer, and the designer chose a table for one of their conference rooms. Unfortunately, it was one of those tables that was very, very long, right? You've seen these really long tables where if one person sits at one end and one person sits at the other end, they can't really talk to each other. It's kind of a, you know, a funny scene. Well, it was one of those types of tables. While it was gorgeous, beautiful design, it really inhibited collaboration. So they'd go to these 
meetings to discuss some new movie they were making. And since some people, I mean, everyone really needs to hear each other, but really specifically the director and the producer and a few others really need to hear each other. So they would end up sitting in the middle and to make sure they would sit in the middle to hear each other, people would put place tags down, right? Name tags. And then you had this kind of problem because the, the, the important people sat in the middle of the table and then everyone else kind of extended out. And here is what Ed writes. When it comes to creative inspiration, job titles and hierarchy are meaningless. That's what I believe. But unwittingly, we are, we are allowing this table and the resulting place card ritual to send a different message. The closer you were seated to the middle of the table, it implied the more important, the more central you must be. And the farther away, the less likely you were to speak up. Your distance from the heart of the conversation made participating feel intrusive. If the table was crowded as it often was, still more people would sit in chairs around the edges of the room, creating yet a third tier of participants, those at the center of the table, those at the ends, and those not at the table at all. Without intending to, we created an obstacle that discouraged people from jumping in. Over the course of a decade, we held countless meetings around this table in this way, completely unaware of how doing so undermined our own core principles. Why were we blind to this? Because the seating arrangements and place cards were designed for the convenience of the leaders, including me. Sincerely believing that we were in an inclusive meeting, we saw nothing amiss because we didn't feel excluded. Those not sitting at the center of the table, meanwhile, saw quite clearly how it established a pecking order, but presumed that we, the leaders, had intended that outcome. Who were they then to complain? And the final bit here says, it wasn't until we happened to have a meeting in a smaller room with a square table that John and I realized what was wrong. That's John Lasseter, Pixar's creative officer. Sitting around that table, the interplay was better, the exchange of ideas more free-flowing, the eye contact automatic. Every person there, no matter their job title, felt free to speak up. This was not only what we wanted, it was fundamental. It was a fundamental Pixar belief. Un unhindered communication was key, no matter what your position. So as the story goes, they eventually got rid of that long table and replaced it with a more square-like table where everyone could have an equal voice. And um, they got rid of the name cards so you could sit anywhere. Why do I tell this story? Well, you know, it's a profound story. Think about it. This is Pixar, one of the most creative companies in the world. And for 10 years, they had this long, troublesome arrangement in one of their main meeting rooms. They just weren't aware of what an obstacle it was to their own creativity. This happens. The story I just told about the horizontally hobbled teams, it can go on for decades that way. The leaders of those teams can think, nothing wrong, we're actually working in an agile way, when in fact they're not. It's really important to look at what is inhibiting you from really kicking ass, 
from really being amazing, from being badass. And now I'm going to do something I haven't done before. I'm going to bring in a second book in one show. This is Kathy Sierra's Badass, Making Users Awesome. This is the book that inspired me to come up with the principle, make people awesome. And I want to talk about that a little bit in relation to the story from Ed at Pixar and the story of the horizontally hobble. Okay. First off, what does Kathy mean by badass? Great. There's a definition, technical definition of badass. Uh, given a representative task in the domain, whatever the domain is, photography, taxes, whatever, given a representative task in the domain, a badass performs in a superior way more reliably. So if you take a chess player and they're a badass chess player and you put them down in a competition, they're going to behave in a superior way more reliably than a non-badass chess player, okay? And what Kathy talks about in her book is that we actually need to know, we need to be able to, you know, measure that a badass is indeed a badass. You can't just say, yeah, they're much better than the others. You gotta know that they are significantly better and reliably better much of the time. So badass is shorthand in some ways for uh, make, people awesome. What was Kathy meaning by this, uh, you know, subtitle, make pe making people, making users awesome? Well, in my opinion, what she's saying is build products and services that make other people awesome, right? Now, someone say you can't make anyone awesome. You can't make someone something. Only they can decide to to become awesome themselves. No one can make anyone else awesome. And that's not really the point. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is do things, produce things that allow others, that empower others to be far better than they ever were. When I made some uh, water balloons for my eight-year-old's birthday party this past uh, summer, I, um, had a wonderful product that allowed me to make a ton of water balloons really, really, really fast with almost no effort. Boy, did I feel as an awesome parent. And this is Kathy's point. We're, we're, we're setting things up, we're making things, we're producing services, we're producing products that, uh, that empower others. Don't make a great camera, make a great photographer. That, that a photographer, given your camera, suddenly becomes an awesome photographer, right? So it's not that I'm making them an awesome photographer, I'm giving something to them that empowers them to be awesome. That's the idea. So as you know, I didn't call the principle make users awesome because that would only focus on the end user. We also need to apply this principle to our coworkers, right? including our managers, including our stakeholders, to everyone in our ecosystem. Make them awesome. And again, what does it mean? It means work in such a way that they're more awesome around you, right? That your 
uh, empowering them to be more awesome. That's the concept. And it applies to the end user and it applies internally in, in your own environment. Okay, so today I um, don't really have a question I'm going to answer, but I am going to finish this episode by saying that the modern agile, ah, there are the uh, police going after somebody. So the modern agile show is, uh, is growing in numbers. I'd love to see more of you subscribe. We're going to make many, many more of these shows. I'm going to be interviewing people. I've been intending to do that and it's coming. Um, meanwhile, if you have any questions as usual, I would love for you to send them my way. Okay. Send them to a social media platform of your choice. Use hashtag modern agile show. In addition, we have a pretty thriving community on Slack for Modern Agile and on Facebook for Modern Agile. We'd love to see you there. Twitter is also alive with Modern Agile and the hashtag Modern Agile. So love to see you there as well. Once again, I really humbly appreciate you watching these shows. I intend to make them better and better. So I love your feedback too. I think we've improved our audio today. Hopefully you'll uh, notice that. And uh, hey, Thanks for watching.